and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janina Mopola, and I hope you guys are having an amazing Tuesday. I know I am because I have a special guest in my house right now, and this is Miss Grace Valentine. Miss. Well, well I know. So it feels so I like official. It. <laughs> I know. Welcome to Happy and Healthy. Oh, How are I'm you? I'm so excited to be here because I've been an active listener for a while. Too, have you? Which, yeah. I think You're a happy, I was, healthy listener. I remember even before we met, like looking at, and maybe you didn't have Happy and Healthy at that point, but like at least like seeing your YouTube Ooh. videos. You've listened to me for a while? Yeah, I have. At least it's fun to be here. That's like, so fun. I love that. So yeah, so backstory, you and I actually met at uh, Next Gen. Is that where yes, we first the first time we met? Yeah. I knew who you were because I'd followed you on Instagram, and you're an incredible writer, oh, like incredible. Kind. And I wanted to bring you on. First of all, you have a new book oh, called What Will They Think of Me? Which, honestly, the title is very captivating because everyone is like, what are they thinking of me? Everyone is wondering. Oh, totally. I even have to, I think in the beginning yeah. in my introduction chapter, even when, before I write, and I'm sure you can relate before you do a podcast, before you do yeah. YouTube, you're like, well, what are they going to think about this? And you kind of have to reframe that question and realize mm-hmm. where boldness comes from and what can make you truly confident in who you are and what your purpose is. Yes, exactly. We'll get into your book. Yay. But I first... I just wanted to like ask you more about yourself because I feel like we didn't really get to totally get to know each other at Next Gen Summit. So first of all, like, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> who who is Grace? Like, let my listeners know who yeah. you are, what you do, and and we'll get into the book afterwards. Well, I just turned twenty six, and oh so God. I know June twenty fourth. Happy birthday! It was a great time. Got some sushi. Sushi is okay. my favorite food. Yeah. Um, I. Was grew up near New Orleans, Louisiana, which very much like affected the way I looked at life for a long time because of the culture I grew up in. I yeah. grew up in the suburbs, but still, South Louisiana was so great, so fun. I was in a Mardi Gras parade when I was younger. Okay. My dad was, and the culture there is a lot really welcoming and super fun. But I can look back now and see how even those things affected who I am today. Mm. And so I found Christ. Honestly, the first time I remember vividly praying to God was actually during Hurricane Katrina. And so you were a part of that. Yeah, well, I evacuated the Florida, which is crazy that I'm in Florida now, and I don't think many people actually know that about me. That, oh, my gosh. Um, and my house was totally fine in the grand scheme of it, but I had to start a new school in Florida, and I remember wow. being so nervous, like being, gosh, like a fourth grader and praying to God that I could make friends at a new school, mm. that I could – just the, the things you have to deal with during a hurricane season – um, and it's kind of funny that now I live in Florida, the same state that I evacuated to a long time ago. But in the grand scheme of Hurricane Katrina, my family was very blessed and lucky. We had insurance. There was so much that, like, God was protecting us from. And also that's just such a sign of sin when those world destructions yeah. happen. And I went to Baylor University, and I kind of wanted to go to Baylor, especially because it was a Christian school. And I okay. grew up in a, like, large public school near New Orleans. It was a suburb, so it was a great school. It really made me who I was. I struggled with a lot of body image and mm. trying to be perfect. I was like, the sounds silly. You get old, but you still remember, like, middle school bullying or, oh, like, what people totally. called you when you Vividly. were. Vividly. Yeah, I'm like, I still remember the person who said this about yeah. me. I'm like, <laughs> Let's go Edgar House. Don't be petty. Yeah, Not literally. literally. <laughs> I'm like, like, forget about it. Like, she comments on something. I'm like, you don't think I remember. I'm yeah. Like, I have to pray for that pettiness. And so then I ended my senior year trying to be perfect or trying to be what everyone else wanted me to be and trying to almost the way people looked at me and felt to me I wanted them to think really highly of me and then I went from going to a public school in South Louisiana to going to a private university and just because you go to Baylor or any Christian university doesn't mean that you won't see partying Mm -hmm. drugs alcohol Mm -hmm. all those things it still exists and 
I kind of couldn't find who I was because I had held on to this good girl perfect reputation that I had created. And a good girl who's a good Christian girl in South Louisiana felt different than Waco, Texas at mm. Baylor University. Yeah. So then I felt like everyone was judging me. So since they think I'm this partier, I'm going to like go full force into the partying scene. And I honestly just kind of got lost in all of that in college. And I knew of Jesus because I had prayed that prayer and I had accepted him. Yeah. But suddenly he didn't make sense to me. And it didn't feel like someone who was active in my life and who even wanted someone like me with my reputation of being a party girl, whether I was drinking, going to the bar all the time. I was even like the girl who could cut the line for the bar. You know, okay. like the bouncer would be she like, there, him. there's that little rat from the bar right <laughs> coming back again. A rat. You know, like they call it like scruffs rats. Um, but, and so it got to the point where that was what I did every day, but I woke up one day after like blacking out and I was like, you know, there's gotta be more. Like, I know this isn't mm. who Christ has called me to be. Wow. And I know he's that same God who I prayed as a little girl when I was going through devastation and like devastation isn't always a literal storm. Sometimes it's just insecurity. And when I had body image issues, I remember like holding on to who he was. And then here I was in college, just trying to do everything else. And I just kind of tried to turn around right then and there. And I think what the hardest thing was, I began to try to please the Christians around me because mm. I felt like I had something to prove. Like, I accepted right. Jesus Christ again. Like, he's back in my heart. I'm ready to live for him. I'm not the same girl I was freshman year or sophomore year for a semester. Wow. And it's almost like they didn't believe me, and that was very hard, too, because I was like, he's, he's active in my life. I'm not going to these parties anymore. But it was like the reputation of others kind of held true to the way that they viewed me. Like, I couldn't change the way people viewed me. And I think now when I look at this book even, and even something that I'm just passionate about in my own life today, it's – connecting girls who feel like the church hasn't really appreciated them or noticed mm-hmm. them or they don't yeah. feel seen by the church. And so that's something that I've had to work on a lot is just realizing that Jesus sees me, he loves me. And there's like a story in the Bible about Hagar and she's this woman who was running away from so much hurt and pain she felt. Mm. And while she was in like the wilderness, like there was so much destruction, so much things that weren't safe. It even talks about in the scripture that she says, like, God called her by name. Like, no one else called her by name except for God. And she said, I have seen the God who sees me. And I really resonate with that when I think wow. of yeah. the way that I came back to God. Like, I felt like no one else was seeing me for my faith. No one else was seeing me for what has transformed my life. No one else was seeing me for who Christ saw me for. But, like, God came in that moment, whether it was through partying, whether it was through insecurity, body image. And so I just became passionate about writing, like, relatable stuff. Like, mm-hmm. not talking about myself highly whether it's about the party scene whether it's about just telling girls loneliness in college whether it's about just boys dating figuring it out because 26 single like still figuring out the dating world today it's hard you know i know right rough in these streets i know in these streets (laughs) literally it feels like the streets these days some of these boys but so just kind of figuring it out i'm like i'm not gonna ever try to shy away from the hard stuff and i just wrote a lot on instagram and that's kind of how i got started it started first as the blog in college and okay. now it's a lot of, like these things called mini books on instagram and it's funny because I, I love them oh, very kind but i lose followers when i post photos of myself but i actually love it because i think of that insecure girl i was thinking my looks were what was gonna be like what wow. proved myself to people like if i got skinnier if i got hotter then mm-hmm. if i just post more bikini pictures then i'll get like followers attention and the truth was when i stopped thinking about me and stopped mm-hmm. having that selfish look that was when christ was able to use where I was and my words are his words and they have nothing to do with how good I am they're how good he is and so mm. that's just been why I write on those things and so wow I, enjoy it. I love that that is such a powerful testimony so you but you grew up in a Christian household your whole life yes I went to I went to church growing up and I'm so thankful okay. for those little things like singing Jesus loves me the vacation bible mm-hmm, school mm-hmm. and 
I, I do believe a lot of us run away from that if you've grown up in that. Um, and I also went to church where I saw a lot of like youth pastors fall to temptation, like public scandals, and that was hard too. Yeah, and I think that made church me hurt. struggle to trust the church as a whole. I'm like, oh, I love Jesus, but the church, uh, you know, that was something that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn that the church is broken people and the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus is more powerful than even the bad that can come from those situations. Mm. That a bad thing can be a good thing if it's a God thing. So I've watched even those hurts that I felt God take me back to church and help me find like people who do reflect his spirit. They're not perfect people, but they're people who show the love of Christ in all they do. And that's something I've had to work Absolutely. on even recently. So I love that. That's so great. Your your Instagram really like I've I've definitely drawn to it because I don't really see people doing that. So you call them like mini books, right? Yeah, it's just a little like swipe to read like easy like yeah. titles that are straightforward because I'm like if anyone's like me, they're ADD. They just need like a yeah, girl, me? when you're feeling, when your heart's broken, like when yeah. you're feeling lonely, like 10 reminders for this, like that's yes. kind of my goal is to stop people in their tracks and, and it works points in the scripture. So Yeah. And right before we were filming for the listeners, before we were filming, we were talking about how like there kind of needs to be a bridge in the Christian influencing world because we were talking about, you said, <laughs> she said she was a combo of like, not a combo, but you wanted to be in between like caller daddy. <laughs> And then, like, Sadie Robertson, where there's, like, a middle ground of, like, we can talk about Jesus, but we can also talk about the normal things in life. And that's exactly where I feel like I land, too. I mean, my last podcast was literally about, like, porn and masturbation. And I've talked about my... thing with Riley. Riley, Yes. Because it's, like, exactly, like, the church didn't talk about so many things that you're, like, where do I go? Like, where do I fit in here? How do I find a safe place to go to with the struggles that I'm having that no one's talking about. And I think that's really cool. What you're doing is that Mm -hmm. girls are able to now not, even though the church should be providing it, they're sometimes just not. And that's why I feel like you and I are people that are like, how can we help? Like where, what spaces can we fill with our voices and our platforms and our stories? And I relate to your story a lot in the sense of, I went to the University of Texas, and I also grew up Christian, went to the whole party thing, and I was so lost, such a lack of identity. I mean, it was a disaster, and then the Lord, like, sweetly and gently called me home. He's like, honey, no more of this. Honey. (laughs) Honey, this is not good for you. It's making you sick. I know, literally. It's like hangovers. I'm like, that's a sign. And I think we spend so many times telling people, like, don't drink underage because it's a sin. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer. If you would have just told me in that phase, don't just don't drink underage because I know you're not happy. I know right. you're not happy taking 10 shots, doing keg stand, laughing. Like, yes, Jesus drank wine, but he didn't dress up in anything but clothes and take 10 shots <laughs> and do a keg stand and run around drinking, like, frat juice. Like, you know, right, like, that's right. not – you know that there's more to life. And I think that's what I need to be told, that you can stop. Like, you're not stuck in this. It's not just because it's against the law. It's also because – your body is meant for so many bigger things and like so mm-hmm. many opportunities than to mm-hmm. just walk through frat parties and get drunk. Plus, I just feel like, not that this is a whole podcast on alcohol, but I just feel like it stunts so much. Like if you look back and you're like, what did I actually benefit out of that? Did I keep any of those friends? My did acne I... got horrible. Like, yeah, I like I gained weight. Up. My face was so <laughs> puffy. I mean, it was like one of the heavier times I've been in my life. Yeah. I remember just like looking in the mirror being like, wait how did I get here and then like JP always says how it really does prevent creativity because like doing the same thing over and over and over like that prevents creativity so Mm -hmm. when you're in that same habit like you're not really able to really think of new things and fresh ideas and go out and try new things because you're just stuck in this like old pattern this old way and everyone's in it and you really just need to wake up one day like you had and be like 
do I really want this? Like, is this really benefiting mm. me? And I know I had one of those come to Jesus moments where someone really called me out and they're like, if you keep doing this, you're going to lose your boyfriend. And I was like, oh, frick, because my boyfriend was not really into it. And I was still struggling and teetering the line. And she was mm. like, your boyfriend's going to dump you if you keep partying. And I was like, Okay, and that cleaned me cleaned me yeah. up real fast. You're like, okay, yes, I don't want to do that. And I will say, as we joked with the caller daddy and Sadie, like Sadie and so many of those, like JP, they're so good right now. Like yeah. there's so many people talking about hot topics and still need them relating, and they are amazing. Um, I think for me personally, I've just been like, I used to never see someone who's been the blackout girl, like you know, yeah. like you and me, mm-hmm. and. I, I cringe about the idea of my grandma and my mom reading my books and hearing mm-hmm. like I what know, I've done. I know. And, it, and it's mom it's skipped scary. that one chapter. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I think in my podcast, I'm like, mom, please just don't listen. And yeah. then I also felt convicted because I saw Sadie once bring her whole family to listen to her speak. And I'm like, I told Sadie, I was like, I need to be better about that. Mm-hmm. I'm like a hide this from my family. Like mm-hmm. I would, y'all can hear about Jesus changing my life, making me do good things, but not yeah. about the, the moment where I was like, Hagar, the girl running her off in the woods, mm-hmm. having that moment. But then that's my testimony. That's something that they need to hear too. So, but definitely I still will drink a glass of wine, but I just now don't take like 10 lemon drop shots or like yeah. go into settings that make I'm me just feel taxed. like that. And it's so, like, yeah, you can still go and like, I love margaritas. Like I'm a margarita girl. You will catch me on Tuesdays <laughs> getting a margarita. in or house? What's your go-to? Where do you say? Frozen, like a frozen mug oh, or frozen. a house? For like, sure frozen. Or on the rocks. Why do I say it like that? On house? the rocks. I was thinking like of the, the thing. I know, no, no yeah. worries. I'm, but I'm a frozen girl. Yeah. I'm for sure a frozen girl. Like a I, I like a good strawberry margarita. So I'm not one that's like cold turkey, cut it out. Unless you absolutely know, yeah. it's always going to lead something. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so yeah. Okay. Alcohol. We, we, we've lived that we've overcame. We have good, healthy balances now. Okay. So how long have you been doing the influencing thing? And like, was there a moment where you're like, man, I just, just want to start this. Or was it like it gradually grew? Like, how did you just be like, one day I want to start writing mini blogs? Yeah. I think that's so funny to say influencing because I'm not I, I love, like, your fashion tips. I got that Abercrombie tank that you posted, the white one you Heck always yeah. wear. Like, you are so good. There's people like you who are gifted in style, and I'm like, thank God <laughs> thank for you, because I wouldn't know what to buy. Um, and so it's funny when people, like, do call me, like, influencing or something, because I, I just, don't, like, don't. That's, like, a general, like, blanket I, I guess term, it's true. I guess. It's funny. Yeah. But I would say, honestly, when I was a senior in high school, that's when I spoke at, like, my high school graduation. And I would say the first I called to write and speak was in that moment. Um, but I also remember being broken with like, an eating disorder, struggling with trying to be perfect, and kind of feeling stuck in that. And I remember getting off that stage in my big public high school and loving that moment that I had. I had like a Twitter pic of a selfie at graduation that some of the accounts on Twitter took back then. It was like my first little viral moment. And I was like, that would be so cool if I could speak and write for God, but I've never seen many women do that. So mm, that's yeah. probably not for me. And I didn't pray about it at that point. I just mm. kind of thought, man, that would be cool. Like, but mm. that doesn't exist. And then... After I went to college and was feeling more lost, that's when I felt convicted. And kind of what you said earlier about, you know, when whatever it is that you're stuck in, like whether it's drinking, whether it's party scene, whether it's insecurity, when you release that, creativity can come. And right. when I was sitting and while my friends were out still partying, I started creating a website and working for websites and writing blogs. And I, some of them were first funny and secular when I first started working for this one website. And then I wrote some Christian and they were like, these are actually doing good. Will you please write more of these Christian pieces? And mm. it felt really cool to see that. And then there came up to a point where they wanted to own my work. And I was like, okay, wait, what if I want to write a book one day? That was like yeah. the first moment I felt yeah. God saying, don't sell your work to anyone. You might put this in a book one day. 
And oh, wow. So it felt very clear to me. And so I stopped writing for that website, created my own website. It got enough hits to approach your publisher. And then it's only been recently, like the past two years, that I've written those pieces on Instagram because I kind of honestly saw in the trends that blogs weren't as much of a thing anymore, mm-hmm. that people are on Instagram, social media is. And I tried to copy what everyone else was doing. And I think when you do that, it never works out. I'll say it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. I was like, if I just do one quote, like Bob Goff, like, <laughs> he loves you, like, Jesus, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I finally was like, I, I talked to God. I was like, I can't just do one quote. Like, I'm, I'm going to write, a, I need to write a lot. But they say that that's not where the trend's going. And then I was like, mm. you know what, let me try. And that's why I put it on these little mini book things. And it all came from, you know, releasing control and letting that creativity come from Christ and not from who I am totally. in that moment. Amen. That is such a good just, like, message in general of, like, instead of following the trends and what everyone else is doing because that's what, that's what you're told to do. Like I've had a lot of times where my team has been like, you need to do this. And I'm like, that is just simply not me. Like as hard as I try, I will never be her. I cannot mm. be her. That's not how God wired me. And I, even when I would put it out, I would feel guilty because I would be like, that's not who I am. Like I don't even enjoy creating that. And so yeah. it's more just like finding your gift and then, then staying in that lane and then running in that lane because I think God will bless that and flourish that mm. if that's truly like what he has for you. So, And it kind of reminds me of the idea that I feel like we I would try to like laugh in the wind and picks and do all these other things yeah. that weren't me. <laughs> and it, it felt like I was wearing pants that didn't fit. You know, mm. when you're just trying to squeeze something that was never meant to be. And when I actually, it's like when you go and get a pair of jeans that may be a bigger size that you not may have not, they fit better and you're more comfortable you're able to do more things walk farther embrace it and so that's kind of how I felt when I kind of found what I was called to do versus what everyone else was called to do because also people don't just want replicas of other people like when we think about the uniqueness that Christ has made that in in itself is captivating to non-believers and believers there's a lot of non-believers who follow my stuff and they've told me, like, I just like that you don't try to be this other person. So for any career that you're in, whether mm-hmm. you, everyone in your hometown thinks you can only be successful if you become a lawyer or engineer, but you feel called to teach, you know, whatever it may be, don't try to be what someone else's expectations of success is. Be who Christ has called you to be and take the giftings that you have, like First Peter 4.10 says, and do it for him. You know what? I think that deserves this uh, sound effect. <laughs> It's so funny. I'm so out. I feel like it's like the golden buzzer of, uh, you know, like America's Got Talent or whatever. It's it literally is. my like, favorite. It comes down. <laughs> I, like it's a rarity when I use that sound effect, and when someone gets it, I'm like, you really deserve that one. Yes, that was I'm good. Honored. I'm I love honored. it. Thank God for that, though. I love it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your book. So, walk us through this book. So basically, it is called "What Will They Think?" Nine Women in the Bible Who Can Help You Live Your Life Boldly. Okay, so why this book? Mm-hmm. And why now? And why were you like, I, I want to write this book? Yeah, and I, I remember vividly, I got a DM from a girl, and I can't even find it anymore, classic. But she had messaged me and said, I want to believe in Jesus, but I just hate that Jesus hates women. Like, the Bible hates women. The Bible is You're so like, against what? women. <laughs> and I was, I remember, like, immediately going to bat and being like, no, 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 here mm-hmm. it is, here it is. And then I realized maybe that wasn't the first way to start it. Maybe I should have first asked her why before I just – blurted out every scripture that could debate because she obviously was picking something and taking that and running with that. And then I had a great conversation with her 
And I realized that she just thought women were an afterthought in scripture. And if you believe that women were an afterthought in scripture or viewed negatively, then you're going to slowly believe the lie that Jesus hates women. Mm. And so I hear that from people a lot. Like, well, the Bible is historically, it was written in a time when women weren't respected. So that explains that. I'm like, no, if you look through the Bible and the women that were shown in a time where no one wanted to admit these women were the last of the cross and first at the tomb. Like no one wanted to admit women were approached by Jesus in a, who were scandalous. Like no yeah. one wanted to admit that, but the Bible is so true that they had to put that because it is the truth and it is the life. And so I just was like hated that so many women thought Jesus hated women, that scripture hated women. And I've been mm. seeing culture kind of go that way, kind of thinking that I can't also believe in woman empowerment and believe in Jesus because I'm also very much for woman empowerment. Yeah. I love when a woman rises up to leadership and I just began to search the scriptures and talk to some mentors of mine. I was like, I believe that Jesus loves women, that women were included so much. And so these nine women that I talk about, I think they can teach you to not care what you think, like to not care about what others think. But I also think they just show you the heart of Jesus for a woman, that he champions women, but that you can't have true woman empowerment if you don't first know who holds the power. And that mm. was something that was convicting for me because I wanted to break glass ceilings. I wanted to be this boss girl who does big things, but I had to first notice my big savior, my big Jesus, and my big God who was in front of me so I could do those big things. And, I mean, there's woman like there's this woman named Deborah in the Bible I talk about, and she was in political leadership, which mm. is, you know, you think that every Christian's against that, but the Bible literally shows in Judges 4 that she led her people through war. Yeah. And we see so many different stories, and they're still messy. They're not perfect. You know, they're just like us. Like, they have, whether it's a past or whether they're struggling with pride, and mm -hmm. Sarah struggled with pride a lot and control. Like, there's so many stories of these nine women, and I just hope it's easy to read for people, that it can they can get to know their stories and see the heart of Jesus through that so that they don't have to care what people think of them, but they can realize that they can be empowered as a woman but also know the way that Jesus views women. Mm, I love that. That is incredible. And I, I really haven't seen a book like this. And I think that is like, it's so prevalent in our culture to be people pleasing and to be nervous about what people think. I mean, I know that was a huge struggle in my past. And I was just reading through it like when I was at the coffee shop the other day. And like, there's some good things in here that I was like, ouch, like that hurt, but it was really good because it was like truth. And, and it was also, it was truthful and bold at the same time. And so, like, can you kind of walk us through, like, when when you were in college, like, were you scared of admitting I'm a Christian? Like, what was it like for you when you were being, like, I'm scared to admit that I'm a Christian? I don't want to admit I'm a Christian. I'm scared to even share my faith. Like, what was that like for you? I think I wasn't scared to say that I believe Jesus rose from the dead, and maybe that was also going to Baylor University, but I was scared to say that it changed me, that it yeah. meant that my everyday has to look different in the way that I walk. And that I have to be bold. And I remember even starting to write, there was like frat boys who would comment making fun of my Instagram post or my blog. Like it's the classic, yep. you're trying to do something good for God and people are always going to make fun of you. And I even remember like this guy who's now like a famous singer, like very well known. Oh, band. I know who you're talking yeah, you know, about. I went to Baylor. I knew yep, he was one of the nicest people ever. And I remember people tweeting during, like, this thing called sing competitions, almost making fun of his music at the time because he was trying to start. And now he's, like, this Oh, he's another, crushing it. He's yeah. killing it. And it mm -hmm. just shows I think I was scared to be bold in Christ's name. And I think the truth is a lot of us believe in Jesus, but we don't believe he can change our life and our future. That everything we're going to walk through, it doesn't matter if we're rejected, if we go through a breakup, if our boyfriend thinks we're crazy for not sleeping with him. Yeah. It doesn't matter those things. What matters is that we can be bold through Christ's name and that he has this future written for us and this potential that we have that is way better than anything mm -hmm. we can comprehend. But we have to take those one bold step. So, no, I don't think I was ever scared to say, 
I believe Jesus rose from the dead, but I think I was scared to say that I believe Jesus can live in me. Yeah. That I believe Jesus can change my life because you almost feel like you're supposed to just sit still, be pretty. And I think as a Christian woman, that's kind of the, the narrative. Gentle, quiet spirit. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, that ain't me. You know, no, the thing is, Jenny, I, just, I think one of my favorite things about you is your gentleness. Even though you're, like, bold and you're strong, you do things with such a loving grace. And so I think you can still be gentle and bold. That's also mm. what people don't realize, that you can be gentle and still speak up like Esther. You know, yeah, Esther was a woman who was thrown into a situation that she didn't want to necessarily she didn't ask for it but she still was gentle with her the way her demeanor was mm-hmm. and bold in her word choice and so i think that can be a lot of beginning believers problem is that we miss out on god's opportunities because we're so focused on what other people think and that will they think that i'm doing this for the wrong reasons will they think that i'm doing this because yeah. mm-hmm. will the boys think i'm a weird girl for trying to start a business or go to law school and do this. Well, they think I'm just trying to be Elwoods. Whatever it is, I just think that can be what deteriorates a lot of us. And that's what was Absolutely. Me. And, oh, my gosh, that was so part of my story. Like, especially going to UT, YouTube was, like, not a thing at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was doing YouTube. And I remember people started finding my channel. And they would be like, you make YouTube videos? And I would turn bright red because I was so embarrassed of, like, what do they think of me? And then in high school, same thing. They would play my videos in front of me, and uh, I was mortified. I hope they're listening. Right I know, now. and I'm like, look at me now. <laughs> but not in, like, a busful way, but really. Yeah, it's and like, do what God did. Like Exactly. But it's like I always tell people, and I want to have your advice for this too, but I'm like, if God has put a calling on your heart, like, pursue it and run after it and do not let a man stop you because – God is the one that's put this on your heart, and he's going to provide a way and a path for you, even if other people don't get it, even if people don't see it. They're like, why are you doing this? Hey, sorry, it's actually not for you. It's for someone else. Mm. And that's okay if they don't understand it because they're not your target audience. Amen. And I think there's a secular quote, like this isn't in the Bible, but I love the secular quote. It's that no one more successful or happier than you will ever talk bad about you for doing what you think is what you're called to do. And Mm. so no one who is spending their time gossiping on a Friday afternoon at a party talking about your YouTube videos or the fact that you're trying to go to med school or law school, you're taking the nursing test for the fifth time, like no one is going to talk bad about you who is happier than you. So why don't you just do what you feel like makes you happy is your giftings? And even in that retrospect, like reflecting on the people who – may have tried to doubt me, even as a woman in ministry. I'm sure you felt mm-hmm. that. Like, should you be talking about scripture? Like, should you be mm-hmm. teaching scripture? Like, not necessarily being a pastor, but even teaching scripture, people will be glad to say that some women shouldn't. And oh, yeah. I've gotten some DMs. I know, <laughs> same. Like, like, and I have to come to the point where I'm like, I wasn't put on this earth to convince this one pastor in some small town yeah. that I am worthy of sharing the gospel. But I can look at the woman in the Bible and reflect on what they did. And my pattern's going to be different than theirs but they a lot of them had the same issues that we had today sin and is not new under the sun you know Mm -hmm. there's insecurity not new under the sun and so I had to realize that I can study his word and not other people's opinions of his words who I don't know well who aren't my pastor who aren't guiding me and mentoring me and I think that was also important Mm, I love that what would you say then to the girl that she's okay she's like okay I'm gonna buy your book what is she gonna like get out of this like what will this help her overcome and like what do you feel like the your book is kind of like solving you know what I mean yeah I mean for any girl who feels stuck in the in-between of Christianity scares me that Christians don't champion women 
especially in this day of culture, you can easily think that. And for the girl who also just feels like she's ready to step out and do something bold but doesn't know what it is, she doesn't know what major to pick, what purpose to pick, if she Mm -hmm. needs to go to college, whatever it is, I would say for any of those girls, I'd say that this book will hopefully be a tool that will point you to Christ who can give you the purpose, you know, who can remind you that you can do big things if you know who your big God is, that Jesus empowered women um, because he was the most powerful one. And so I think also the social anxiety we get of just caring what people think of you for that girl, I think she can get freedom, freedom to be who she's called to be and to be who God can do like he can do miracles through you and for you give you blessings that are unexpected and you won't notice that if you're too busy looking to the left and to your right at what people think of you if you're too busy waiting on the approval of your ex-boyfriend and to prove that you're cuter than his new girlfriend you know if you're too busy waiting on those things like you're gonna miss out on your blessings and like that's kind of my biggest prayer for this book that women will see that Women are in the scriptures. Jesus championed women, and Jesus is championing them right now to Mm. walk boldly, to not care what people think of them, and to rise up to the culture we face today. Totally. I love that. What do you think is, like, the the next best step that a girl can do, or anyone, honestly, if they're like, okay, I want to be more bold. I want to be more outspoken. I want to believe in myself more and more in God. What's, like, the next best step they can do? Well, first, I'd recommend getting a journal and writing your prayers if you don't already. Because I think you can start trying to get a planner and write your five-year plan, but that will be nothing if you don't write your prayers. Mm. And so writing your prayers and writing, like, what you want God to do through your heart, not through your success and not through your career. Like, not that I want one million subscribers. I think sometimes we get in the phase, and I'm, like, a goal setter, like, but I'm not, like a, I'm not like a manifester. Like, I'm not either. I, like, I might have a goal, but if I don't hit it, it's okay. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah. that's not what I'm praying about. Like, I'm praying about my heart. I'm praying about opportunities to tell mm-hmm. others about him. Like, that's my prayer. And write down those prayers so that when they happen, you can highlight it. And you can champion that. And you can remember mm-hmm. that there's so much currently in your life that you have forgotten to thank God for that you once prayed for. And I think it's so easy to look at what you don't have and not realize that there's so much you can celebrate that God has already done in your life. So that's my first step. And then my second step is to just tell someone. I think Mm. we get so caught up in what people think of us and we're scared to say like our little calling out loud. And I remember my mentor in high school, we led a Bible study together, but for younger girls, I was like a senior. I came back from college and I was sitting in her little like playroom. Her name is Miss Stacy. And I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I love Beth Moore's books. And like, I feel like maybe one day God might me to write a book like that but I get that sounds crazy that doesn't make sense and she was like Grace I see that in you like I see it I I want you to hear right now that I believe that if God has called you to that can happen I think you need to surround yourself with mentors with friends Mm -hmm. who will look at you and see your giftings will point you like maybe they'll admit if you're not a good singer and you're like American Idol is my calling you know they might be able to be honest but people who will say you know there's something that God has given you and a light in you that I want to see shine and friends Mm. who are going to not necessarily brag about your back, but champion you behind your back. Friends who will go into a room and tell everyone what God has been doing in your life. Like, that's the kind of friends you need and mentors you need in your life. And so that's the second most important step. I completely agree with that because, I mean, it's the classic saying, I literally say this all the time, but it's if you want to go far, don't go alone. Mm. And, like, sometimes I think to be bold, you just need people that believe in you. Like, you might have this amazing gift or talent or story or whatever and you're just like a little bit scared and then you just need that one person to nudge you or encourage you or just be like hey like you got this or you can do this or here's the next step or whatever and I know I've had people like that for me where they've encouraged me like Mm. just do it and when you when you don't believe in yourself you need friends that are gonna pick you up and carry you and be like no like 
we're going to do this together. And I think that is absolutely so vital in anything that we do mm-hmm. is going far with people. And so, and even friends that. who will say, don't do it, you know, yeah, friends who are going to like too. be bold in their accountability and be bold in their love. And so I've had friends who will be like, Grace, do you think that reflects like your platform? Well, and I'm like, you know what? I'm so mad at you for saying that, but you're right. And you're convicting yes. me in the Holy Spirit's name. And that's sometimes the hardest to expect because you want cheerleaders, but you don't always want accountability. Exactly. And that's something that I've had to learn and be like, okay, if my friend's saying before I post some of things that I don't feel 100% peace I ask him my spiritual friends who will pray about it for me and I'm like what do you think and that helps lead me to boldness and not to promoting Grace's name you know Grace Valentine's name and that's important too absolutely yeah we definitely always want applause over accountability like we just want people to constantly cheer us on and be like yeah you're doing amazing but it's like when you're not doing amazing and they're not applauding like then do you still Mm. feel good about yourself like then what happens and it's so important to have people in your life. Like, same thing with Maddie and I. Like, yeah. there's been a couple times where there, a brand has reached out. For example, like, Bud Light reached out. <laughs> and, or Coors Light. And Sorry, I was like, so funny but they had this, like, awesome, like, opportunity. And, like, they were paying well. It was, like, going to be this concert and, like, all yeah. this stuff. And I was like, Maddie, this would be so fun. Then I was like, but do you think that this would make my brand not look, mm-hmm. like, cohesive? Like, would this not represent Christ well? And even though we could have so easily been like, it's fine. And it could have still been fine, you know? But she was the one that challenged me and was like, I just don't know if you should do that. I don't think that's the best idea. Mm. And so even though, yeah, there's all these accolades and applause and everyone's giving it to you, you need people that are also like, no, that's not good. That's not beneficial. That's not not representing Christ. It's not where you're going. And it might be one fun Friday night, but is it going? And that same thing is going to that one fraternity formal. Is that just a one fun Friday night? Or is that going to lead you to where you want to be? Like, yes, they're top tier. Yes, they're going to take you to New Orleans on a little, going to paint a cooler, whatever it is. Like, you can get caught up in that. Or going this one sorority that's more top tier versus, like, one that maybe there's girls who are going to challenge you who you want to be. Like, it's easy to get caught up in all those things. And being bold isn't just about what you do. It's also about what you don't do. Like, what you choose to walk towards. Because sometimes you're going to have to, when you walk towards something that God's calling to, you're also walking away from people. And that might be friends who are toxic that you're just pouring into and they're not willing to listen. So it's not a time that they're even accepting that, you know, like living on mission for them. You know, you may love them, but you may have to take a couple steps away from them and maybe an ex-boyfriend, an ex-relationship that just has only made Mm. you more insecure. Like you might have to walk away from something in a Bud Light campaign might be it. Yeah. (laughs) That is such a good point though. Yeah. It's not always about what you do, but it's also what you don't do. And I almost think that takes more boldness and more courage because it's easier to go with the stream. It's easier mm. to go with the flow. It's more hard to go the path of least resist or more resistance because you're going against the current. And so that's such a good point. I love that you talked about that. Um, tell me about like the writing process. Like what's your favorite chapter in this book? And was it hard to write this book? Yeah. You know, I'm going to open it to make sure I choose the right one. (laughs) Um, I mean, one of my favorite chapters was five things God sees in me. And that was about the story of Hagar and kind of Mm. what he sees in me and the idea of God seeing us, like, which I kind of talked about earlier, but even just in general, when I talk about learn from Deborah and Deborah was the one who I talked about in the Bible, who was in political leadership. I think I just got so empowered reading that. And way yeah. more empowered than you get when you read a girl boss, like, quote, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I can do it. Like, <laughs> you I'm a it. female, yeah. Like, and uh, I'm a queen, you know. That was, that was like, you know, I'm a leader. Like, that was that. Mm. But, I mean, the writing process, I wrote this 
last fall, which is kind of a quicker turnaround that than is quick. sometimes other books can be. Because they knew they wanted it in the July before, like, study groups come out, college groups, yep, et cetera. Yep. And I remember writing, and it came during a time and after a season where I felt like I was never, as a woman, going to be able to rise up into my calling. And I think God used this on my heart. God used that girl DMing me, if she ever listens to this, or if she can remind me that was her. Like, I would love to chat <laughs> hey with girl. her. Um, and I think I poured a lot of my heart into it. And I think any writer, any person doing any creativity – can understand that it's something that you usually feel convicted by yourself that yeah. you're writing about. And it's something that I was, I would love to say I've 100% worked through, but it's something I have to remind myself daily that I had to wake up and realize ber- being bold is a verb that I have to wake up and choose daily. It's not just this one destination that I thought I was going to get to. And I think I, when I was a little naive beginning writing it, I thought I was already bold. I thought mm. I was already doing that, but I forgot that each day I need to wake up and choose boldness over being like the world or trying to be liked. And so mm. that was probably my favorite part of the process was just feeling the conviction on my own. And now watching this book blossom and it feels like a child being born almost. You're like, look at it. It's here <laughs> in the flesh. And kind of just praying that other girls will feel that even if it's one, even if it's yep. two, one yep. little small group. I love that. And this book is definitely going to be very helpful for some people because I know I get so many DMs as well from girls of just how do I share my faith or how do I – handle peer pressure? How do I walk away from that situation? Mm -hmm. How do I leave that relationship? I mean, there's so many situations. It's not even just the ones that we've listed. So many situations that boldness is going to be required. And that's something that I've always prayed from God was like, God, give me courage. Give me boldness. Help me not Mm -hmm. please man. And like, let me just live for an audience of one, which is Mm -hmm. you, God. And I genuinely think that prayer is working more and more because people will always say to me, like, you're so bold. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't really foresee myself as being that type of person, but sometimes I go in here and I say some hot takes, and then later I listen back, and I'm like, oh, that was pretty bold and mean, (laughs) and I'm sorry. But I also feel like that's where you find freedom is – is when the truth is told and the truth is what sets you free. And even though it's it's not fun to hear sometimes, um, that's what saved my life is when people were bold and told me the truth. Mm. And even though in that moment it stung and it sucked, that's what set me free. And so, um, that I don't know, just some thoughts on some boldness. Um, okay, so we had some followers submit some questions. I'm probably going to ask you maybe one to two of these, and then I have a one question I ask every single guest, but we had some people ask, like, what do you do when you're just feeling lonely? Like when you're feeling lonely in college and maybe like God is the only person you can depend on because you have no one else. But what is your advice just to girls that are like sitting in their dorm and they're like, I have no friends. I didn't get invited to the party. What do I do? Well, I think college can almost even when you're in college or even high school and you're feeling lonely, you're just surrounded by so many people or maybe even like an apartment building as a young professional that it it reminds you how much lonelier you feel because you're surrounded by people doing things, joining fraternities, sororities, going to parties, going to bars, and you look down, you feel like you're at this table for one and you're wondering when your people are going to come. I would say the first thing I would do is pray for your future bridesmaids. I think we always tell girls, like, pray for your future husband, and that is great. I pray for my future husband. I hope he's doing good. But I also (laughs) think it's so important to pray for those bridesmaids, whether you've already had them or whether you don't feel like you found them, whether they are some of your friends in high school. Like, you should be praying and cheering for them to do good things. If you don't even know them yet, you should be praying for the people who are going to walk with you in the next season. And I Mm. think always expect unexpected blessings. One of my roommates now, I had known when I was six years old. We were not friends in high school, but we went to the same high school. She randomly moved to Florida. We reconnected, and now she's one of my good friends. And I think 
it was never something I expected to come. Yeah. Um, but when you're praying about friendships, you'll never know who's going to show up. And mm-hmm. also be prepared when people show up. And also community is something you have to create. Yeah. It's not something that's going to be dropped and handed to you. And so I don't want to say get to work because friendships – will come naturally, but they always start awkward. They're always going to start with a knocking on the door to a neighbor. They're always going to start, I'm sure, like, you and Maddie, like, how jolly yeah. in the DMs, like, hey, girl, what's yeah, up? Like, like, there's always the, like, I feel like we would be friends. Like, yeah. and do that to people. And if anyone rejects you, just consider that God's protection and look for someone else that maybe will push you in that way. And it's okay, it's okay to be sad about loneliness. I think it's mm-hmm. we also try to be the chill girl a lot of times. Like, I don't care. Like, they don't yep. like me. They're lost. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a crap. But you can mourn, and Jesus is always near the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. is what the Bible says. And so if you're sad about it, just also know Jesus is near you, and you aren't alone when you have mm-hmm. him. Um, and I get that's not really a comfort when you're not invited, it, but it's the truth that he's near you. And you totally. can look around and join a church again, even if it's the fifth time, and try that life group. But friendships are worth, like, the work. Friendships are worth putting yourself out there. Completely agree. Yeah, I would say I second, like, all those things. I think God really does want community for us because it he talks about that in proverbs all the time how we need friends and we need people we need counsel mm. and yeah same thing with maddie prayed about it and it worked and i mean most of the friends i have like it just happened in the most unexpected random times and like sometimes you just need to be the one like you said create community but sometimes you need to be the one that like if you don't have that then like create that and be that for someone else mm. and like go out there and be like okay if no one's gonna like invite me to their bible study I'm going to start my own. And I know that's scary. That's going to take some boldness, but it's going to be worth it when it works. And you end up providing help to other girls that also are probably struggling with loneliness as well. And so how cool would that be if you were the kind of the solution to your own problem? Mm. Not that we can always be that, but I think in this situation, it really is up to you of how you're going to spend your time, how you're going to go out there. If you're going to say hi to that girl, if you're going to talk to someone or not, um, invite someone or not, or go to the thing or not. Um, mm. It's up to you because God gave you free will. Well, I so. love you the Bible study thing because literally in my 20s, me and my friends, we all kind of went to different churches and we couldn't find a Bible study. And finally we were like, wait, one, two, three, four. Like, what? I guess we could start here. And then more people joined. It was dinner and it was a great year of that. And so I would even challenge whoever asked this or whoever is listening right now, if you feel convicted by that, look around. All it takes is what wherever two or more gathered, he will be there. Yeah. And so you create that literally tomorrow. Start that group text. Amen. I love that. And and I just think if you want to do college well, who you surround yourself with is going to absolutely matter. Like if you want to maintain your faith, like I just met with um this uh, 18-year-old. She's going off to A&M tomorrow. Aww. And I know, I'm like, you get it, girl. And she's my old youth pastor's daughter. And so I was just giving her all this advice. And I just kept encouraging her, like, join a club, find what suits you, find what interests you and just stick with it and just make sure that you surround yourself with good people because it's going to matter. And if you want to maintain your faith in college, like who you surround yourself with also is who you will become. It matters. So people, I know it's a lot of pressure to find people and it's going to take time, but just keep praying about it and investing time and doing the best you can and partnering with God and however you can. Good. Okay, the last question, which is something I ask all my guests, mm-hmm. is what makes you happy and healthy? Yes, I love that question because I think people also don't realize how 
also bold it is to be healthy like and how important it is mm-hmm. to treat your body in a way that reflects christ and healthy means like socially healthy spiritually healthy physically healthy and honestly this past year i took on weightlifting like i do like oh, like yeah, I, with like a, like a trainer that like is a friend now and i started thinking when i go to the gym i want to work on being stronger not skinnier i mm. think i would get so caught up in the results that i stopped I would forget that working out is a celebration of what my body can do, not this punishment for what I ate, for what I look like. I would go to the gym almost mad at myself. I would look in the mirror, like step on the scale beginning and get mad. And I think now that I've been doing, like I still go on runs, but watching myself lift stronger weights, it's just such a reflection of hard work. Like you can watch the results, but you're not looking for results. You're looking for uh, just to watch how much you can carry, you know, watch how much you can do that. And I think that helps me be healthy and happy is kind of doing that in a, like way that's about reflecting and celebrating what God can do, not punishing myself. But in general, also, I think my one of my, my roommates lately have been making me happy and healthy because I just love coming home to them, being honest with them, mm. and just having friends that I can. And you obviously relate yeah. to my great roommates. Just friends that you can sit down and they'll convict you and they'll love you. And I feel like I haven't had like just such a good little girl squad in a while. And I think I got mm. caught up in like a friend group and we're not a clique because we each have our own lives. Yeah. But it's just nice coming to my home and talking about that. And living people with your 20s, if you can live with people over living alone, I would highly recommend that. Same. People are always like, I'm tired of sharing a bath and I'm tired of sharing a kitchen. I'm like, it is so fun and rewarding <laughs> to work on that. It's not always yeah. amazing. And it trains you for marriage, I telling know, you now. Yeah. Yes. I completely agree. And I love everything you said. But yeah, just I love living with Maddie. And even though like, yeah, there's challenges with having a roommate. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to learn some communication and some conflict, but it's worth it because those are skills you're going to need for the rest mm. of your life. And it's so fun. I completely agree. Like, coming home and being like, hey, you want to watch a movie? Yeah. Hey, do you want to get ice cream? Hey, do you want to, like, it's just, I, I absolutely love it. And I do agree. In your 20s, everyone's like, be selfish. These are your best years. I'm like, no, but these are also years, like, you could use so well and do life with people. Amen. And I think singleness especially gets a bad rap. And mm-hmm. I'm single. That's a whole other podcast. I know, mm-hmm. I know. And I've just been lately finding so much joy in that journey of, is what caught like this book a lot of the totally. main ministry wouldn't have expanded if it wasn't single so if any girl thinks being single doesn't make them happy and healthy i would fair to disagree that there will hopefully be I a agree. husband in my future and your future but mm-hmm. this blessing of this book came and birthed out of me being single for a while and having this yes. time to focus my energy on it gosh could not agree more completely second that and there's podcasts on my channel about singleness yes. as well so go I check that, that out yes. but i completely agree Grace, you're amazing. You're so well-spoken. You're mature for your age, like so beyond a lot of 26-year-olds. I know this book is going to bless people. Um, let people know where can they find it. And it's available to order now, right? Yes, it's it out. is. It, well, it's out technically July 12th. So, yes, for oh, time yeah. you listen to this, yes. it is out. And you can order on Amazon. You can go to my Instagram, at the Grace Valentine. Click the link in my bio. It might take you to all the links. You can go to Barnes & Noble Books A Million. Call your small bu- like small business bookstore and see if they can get it for you. Right now, times are tough. and like, I, yes, I've heard. Yeah. So I try to shop small if you can, but if not, the good old Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and Books A Million should have it too. And I would I love like to that. hear, not hear what you think, because I don't care what you think, but <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know if you find truth in this. And you should let Amen. Me know. I love it. Grace, you're the best. I will definitely Yay. continue to read your book. It's been amazing like I love that one chapter you talked about actually that was the one I scanned through with the, the reminders 
Mm. And I was like, I needed these reminders. So thank Aww, you for doing that. You. You're a blessing thank to this generation. Thank you for your ministry. It does so much for Aww. me before I even met you. So thank you. Cooler. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. That yeah. makes me happy and healthy. Hee <laughs> hee. Anyway, okay. Thank you guys so much for watching today's episode. Um, please let me know if this episode was a blessing. You guys can repost any of the things, and I will repost them. Maybe she'll repost them. Gladly. You can check out her Instagram and her book. All the links will be in the show notes or in the description of the YouTube video. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you so much, Grace, for coming on. And I'll see y'all next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, y'all.